Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here celebrating your Pitt Panthers. It's Victory Sunday! Your Pitt Panthers football team took home a 31-14 win over the Syracuse Orangemen in the Carrier Dome, finishing with a 10-2 regular season record, the first 10-win season since 1981. It's been 40 years since your Pitt Panthers have gotten 10 wins in a regular season, and Pitt fans, you have every reason to celebrate. Don't listen to none of the haters, none of the detractors, all the people that are saying, oh, you had a weak conference, oh, you should have beat Western Michigan. Forget about it. This team earned this record. They've earned their way to the ACC championship game. They play Wake Forest, who was able to beat up on a hurt-up uh, Boston College team. That was a sad display with them getting the flu. It was very sad to see the team uh, you know, get, you know, have that at the end of the season, but congratulations to Wake Forest. It's going to be all go full steam ahead. Kenny Pickett versus Sam Harwin. It's going to be a blast next Saturday at Charlotte, the ACC championship game. And your boy's going to be there. I was talking to Dayon about it. We are. We, he's sending me out there. It's going to be an exciting time. But before we get to that, let's talk about the importance of this win in football. Now, we'll get to basketball later because as exciting as it was as, as a night for, for football, it was a depressing day for basketball. But, again, all happiness right now. We'll get to basketball in just a bit. Bottom line, Pitt football, their brand of football in this win. This was a signature win, not because of the opponent, but because of the way they were able to finish strong. What are the things that Pitt's always accused of? Not following up strong, letting down, overlooking an opponent. Not in this game. They started out sluggish. It looked like this could have been the game. This could have been pitting. Everyone saw it. Syracuse comes out. A long 11-player, 14-play, excuse me, 75-yard touchdown drive. It looks like all of a sudden the Orangemen, they want to get bowl eligibility. They want to, they want to do something. Is Pitt letting down? Oh, no. Then the offense has three and outs, four and outs. They have, they, they, everything's disaster. They haven't been able to score. What's the problem? It's zero points in the first quarter oh my goodness and then Pitts shuts it all down Kenny Pickett comes out leads an 11 play 75 yard touchdown drive hits Rodney Hammond he's a tough fighter he gets into the end zone then you come out and the defense 
gets a turnover. And what happens? Kenny Pickett pounces on the opportunity, throws a touchdown bomb to Jordan Addison. Pickett finishes with four touchdowns in this game. He was setting all the records, tying Dan Marino for career touchdowns for Pitt, breaking the, his his record for single season touchdown passes, but now with 38 in, on, you know, in his career or in this in this season. Fantastic job from Kenny Pickett. Jordan Addison, two touchdowns receptions in this game, 79 yards, 11 catches. He is going to be your Belitnikoff Award winner. If he's not, it's a robbery, it's a thievery, it's a lie, it's a sham. Don't ever give the award out to nobody else. He's the best receiver in college football. I don't care about Chris Olave. I don't care about Jahan Dotson. I don't care about the guy from Western Kentucky. Jordan Addison has gotten it done all season long, and he's a sophomore, ladies and gentlemen. He will be back next year for Pitt. Now, Again, statement win because it wasn't just these two guys. You know, I, I see I see a lot of people like, oh, if, if it didn't have Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison, they'd be nobody. I, I wouldn't say that they wouldn't be this good, of course. But then again, who would be good? At, you know, would would would, uh, would Clemson have won their title without Deshaun Watson? No, they wouldn't have. Would they have won any without Trevor Lawrence? No, they wouldn't have. Would LSU have won with Joe without Joe Burrow? No, they wouldn't have. So why are you saying about Pitt? Exactly, you you just hating right there. Now I will say this: this team came into this game. And this was an unstoppable force meeting the immovable object. And Pitt would not be moved. Syracuse came out, came into this game averaging 230.1 yards on the ground per game. They were the ACC's number one rushing offense. They were efficient. Their running back, Sean Tucker, was a beast. Uh, they had uh, uh, um, Garrett Schrader, their quarterback. He was, a, he was, he was, he wasn't. Even, I wouldn't even call him a dual threat because he wasn't a threat to hurt you with his arm. He just ran the ball. So now you got this quarterback that runs the ball, this running back that runs the ball. But I said going into this game, Pitt likes that matchup. They want to face the team that thinks they can run the ball on them and and foregoes the pass. And what happened? In this game, Pitt holds Syracuse to 25 yards on 30 carries. They held them to less than 200 yards, their average, and held their yards per carry average less than a yard per rush. This Pitt team has a lot of good facets to it. It's not just Kenny Pickett. It's not just Jordan Addison. Rodney Hammond, heck of a running back. But that defensive front, Kalijah Kansi, I've been talking about him all year. He's fan- he's phenomenal in the middle of the defensive line. Hava Baldonado, beast off the edge. And you saw in this game, he wasn't alone. Dayon Hayes, Westinghouse's own with a, with a sack and a half in this one. City League, represent. Then if, they, they, Bengali Kamara getting in the action late. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about this program moving forward beyond just the, next week, beyond the ACC championship game. There is hype around this team. There is talent around this team. And there is belief around this team, maybe most important of all. This team believes in itself. They've been staying focused. They've been talking about winning the ACC, winning the ACC. It's all I've heard them talk about since preseason training camp when I was sitting there in the second floor of the Steelers or the pit training facility when I was talking to Kenny and all these other guys, and I was thinking, like, man, these guys are really confident. I'm really excited to see if they fulfill this. Man, they are very close to doing that. Again, their style of football. Because after they stuffed the run, guess what they did? They rushed the passer. Five sacks in the game. I believe they finished the season with 46 sacks. Unless I'm miscounting Oklahoma State's um, sacks today, uh, I believe now Pitt officially has the most sacks in the country. They were tied with Oklahoma State coming into the game. I believe Oklahoma State was finished with three sacks. Pitt finished with five. That might have changed um, since I've looked at those stats. But bottom line, this pit team shows that they're for real. And I said that after the Clemson win. You know, the Tennessee win was impressive, but of course Western Michigan happened. But I said that after the Clemson win and I meant it. Even after they lost to Miami, I was like, you know, that was a good quarterback performance from Tyler Van Dyke. I ain't mad at him. 
But they had to respond to that, and they have now with another four-game win streak after a loss. And now they go to the ACC championship game. I anticipate Pitt to be ranked somewhere between 14 or 15. Wake Forest to be ranked right behind them. If they can win this game, if they can win the ACC championship game, first of all, Pitt fans, don't let nobody hear the end of it. Because all you've heard is, oh, Pitt's just going to fall short. Oh, they're just pretenders. Oh, I don't know why you believe in this. Kenny Pickett's not that good, all this other stuff. Guess what? They're proving everybody wrong right now. But they got to keep it up. They fall short of the ACC championship game. Those people will be right back. But forget those people. It's not about those people. It's about the people that Pitt is trying to get to come to its program. That's the bottom line here. This win isn't just for history right now. It's for the history of the future. It's for Pitt football to to put on a show. And for people, recruits, potential transfer prospects, to look around and say, man, I want to play football for that team. They're exciting to play for. Whether it's defensive guys who can rush the passer, whether it's more, maybe it's some guys in the secondary that can give Pitt maybe a lockdown guy and so they can finally play the brand of football that Narduzzi's really good at. Because my belief has always been if Pat Narduzzi's defense, as frustrating as Pitt fans get with it at times and how it can give up some big plays over the middle and big passing plays because it leaves cornerbacks and safeties on islands, if, if, if he was able to get some dogs, and I mean some dogs, some five-star corner safety products, Pitt would be in a position where they could leave those guys on islands and it wouldn't yield big plays. It would be shut down. And that would have the potential to make them the best defense in the country. Because, again, up front, he's not doing it with five-star recruits. He's doing it with three-star guys, two-star guys, some four-star guys, no lies. But they're doing it with the level of recruiting that we've expected from Pitt. If they can win this ACC championship game, they'll go to a big bowl game. I guarantee they'll go to a big bowl game if they win that game. And then they put on a show on national television. Maybe, maybe they get something crazy like Ohio State. Imagine Pitt versus Ohio State on the national stage after Ohio State lost to Michigan. They're out of the Big Ten Championship. I don't see there's any way they make the playoffs now. So what? why not Why not Pitt if they can win the ACC Championship game? Get a matchup with a big bowl opponent. You put on a show against the big bowl opponent. And everyone, all those recruits around the country, they're starting to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pitt? They can bang with those dudes? Now, yes, 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 I, I hear you. The ACC ain't what it has been for years. Clemson wasn't on their stuff. And, in fact, I do think Pitt was very fortunate that uh, Wake, Wake Forest and NC State won their games because I do think if Pitt had to play, got, got to play Pitt again, it would have been a – or not excuse me, if Clemson would have gotten to play Pitt again, it would have been a problem. But if if and buts were candy and nuts, then every day would be Christmas. And Pitt – Football has earned their way to the ACC championship game. You have a lot of reasons to be excited. Also, 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 got to say, Jordan Addison, again, winning the Bolitnikoff. I was calculating the numbers during the game. At the end of the third quarter, the three Bolitnikoff finalists were David Bell of Purdue, who now has 87 catches for 1,207 yards, five touchdowns. Alabama's Jamison Williams, 59 catches, 1,218 yards, 13 touchdowns. Jordan Addison, with a quarter yet to play, had 84 catches, three less than Bell, 1,351 yards, more than both of them, and 17 touchdowns. Phenomenal. He's the best receiver. Well, give him the Blitnikoff. He should be Pitt's third ever winner with Antonio Bryant and Larry Fitzgerald. And again, it's not just him and Kenny. 
the O-line, I thought, stepped up and had a huge game against Syracuse, a tough defensive front who got after the quarterback, who, who was good against the run. And you had Blake Zubovich playing center. No Owen Drexel. You had Gabe Hoy back from his injury, playing right guard. Matt Gonsalves playing right tackle. Jake Cradle, Owen Drexel, been two very good offensive linemen for Pitt this year. Didn't even didn't even notice that they were gone. I mean, I did notice because I'm looking at the game. But if, if you were just a casual fan, you wouldn't have thought about, oh, hey, wait, whoa, 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 what's up with the O-line? That's where this program's at, man. They've got talent. They believe in themselves. they got culture. They've got everything going for them. And they have a chance to finish the job in the ACC next Saturday, Charlotte, 8 p.m., against Wake Forest. Now, not to not to dampen the mood, not to taper it down, but I will talk about bit basketball for just a little bit because with all the things look sky high, future's bright for pit football, and things are dark for pit basketball. It's not all going to be the entire second segment, so don't tune out what I'm about to say. But we will address it and get back to football in the second segment of the H3 podcast right here on DK Pittsburgh Sports.com. podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm Chris Carter. Remember, you can get all of our DKPittsburghSports.com podcasts on our platform for free on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Podcasts are hosted. we got a lot of great shows. DK's Daily Shots, three three shows a day, Monday through Friday, cranking it out. Steelers Today, every day. Uh, guys, Dale Lawley, Eddie Provident, and all of our people at the Steelers facility throughout the week. We also got our wide array of great podcasts from passionate people who have been who have jumped onto our platform and done a great job shout out to yins hers around the 412 mad chad netty um uh I, I i sorry if i'm forgetting people i'm just going through everything right now but i gotta get back to pit basketball now i'm not gonna stay here all show like i said because that i'm sure a lot of you would just be click i'm out of here some of you might have already done that <laughs> but it was as 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 happy of a night as it was for pit football winning 10 wins for the first time since 1981 this was as terrible of a day for pit basketball, losing 87 to 77 to UMBC. Shout out Taylor Haas, that's her alma mater. She loved them. I even tweeted a picture at her. Taylor, you supposed to like my post when I tweet at you. She didn't like my post. She she went on in her own post though. I saw you. I saw you, Taylor. It's fine. But she has every reason to celebrate because UMBC came in and waxed that booty. I mean, it was ugly. Pit was up, I think, with like you know, with about 10 minutes into the first half. Then UMBC went a went on a twenty to three run and never looked back. I'm not here to recap the game. I'm just explaining how how things went from there. But UMBC looked like how Pitt, Pitt would look playing non conference games back in the day. You remember back in back in like the two thousands. I mean, I was like in middle school and high school when they were doing this. But when the Pete first opened up and like Pitt would go on like seventy five game win streaks on non conference opponents at the Pete. And yeah, sure, they were beating them up, beating up little teams, but it was the consistency at which they were doing it, and you had to praise Ben Hallen and Jamie Jamie Dixon and what they were doing. And look at Pitt now. They are, I believe, if I did my math right, 75 and 8 
in November at the Pete. Five of those eight losses have now come under Jeff Capel. And listen, some of, I don't give him any grief for the first couple years. You're rebuilding the program. And, and you've heard me on this H2P podcast. I'm very fair to Jeff Capel. I give him a lot, I give him a lot of respect. That, that you come taking that job in the first place takes a lot of guts because you could have gone to anywhere that was a lot better off. It wasn't cratered at that position, you know, cratered, you know, you could have had higher standing to get recruits. In fact, he was offered jobs that he turned down that would have been higher standings for, you know, basketball programs in the ACC, Georgia Tech among among one of them. But he, you know, he took out a tough job. So I give him credit for that. But just like I'm fair on Pat, I also have to give him, I also have to, you have to be honest about what's what's going on right now. I would have been okay, more okay, still would have been, I guess, not acceptable, but easier to stomach for Pitt fans. If Pitt basketball was just dragging onto the court, a lot of hurt up guys, just a bad situation overall. And they lost to UMBC in a last-second three-pointer from half court. And it's like, oh, man, this was just a game that everything, just any ball that could have bounced your way went the other way. This wasn't that game. This was a game where UMBC dominated Pitt, putting up 87 points. 87 points. They had a guy, Rodgers, their point guard, number five. He's five foot two. He was five foot two, and he had ten points and eight assists. He almost got a double double on Pitt. Pitt had no plan. They came into the game, they didn't. They, they, they weren't feeding John John Hughley down low. No, granted, teams have been packing it in, but you're supposed to not you're supposed to not care. And in a game where they hit 11 three-pointers more than any of their other games, com- oh, not, not combined, they have hit more than 11. Going into the game. But they had hit 12, I think, going into this game. They almost matched their season high. or not, They almost matched their season total in three-pointers. And they still lost this game by 10. They were never in it after that 20-3 after that run. And the worst part of it is that they quit. You saw in the second half. Pitt would be would, would surge back here. They get it within five, and then another run would hit. And with five minutes to go, they're down nine. And in an in a not I wouldn't say empty Peterson Event Center, close to it though, thousands of seats open. You could hear the fans say, "Come on, Jeff, time management coach, come on." And Pitt was running offensive sets that were taking forever as the team was down nine with five minutes. No sense of urgency. No no push. No drive. No, we got to get this done now. No one putting their foot down and saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to step up. Someone's going to do this. Someone's going to will this team to victory against the team, that, the program that you, you should absolutely hammer. Because, you know, if they had gutted out a win, I would have gave them credit. He's like, you know what? This was a game that, you know, you need to find someone with guts. You need to find someone with leadership, someone with chutzpah. And that person never showed up. Now, Femi Odakali looked like he tried to. He uh, got his ankle got stepped on. He was limping. I'll tell you what, that that dude's tough, man. He did. He came into the press conference limping his way in, limped his way out. And and like I saw him limping around the Pete afterwards. And he didn't want no crutches. He didn't want no ice. He's like, I'm good. I'm playing Tuesday. Well, they're playing Minnesota. It's gonna be bad. 
bottom line is this. Look, it's okay that Jeff Capel couldn't get shooters this time around. There was a lot of transfers last year. Pitt's been going through it. Pitt's you know, already trying to be, be on the rebuild. I'm okay with that. If you didn't win the recruiting wars, wars that's fine. You know, you had some injuries. Nike Sabande's out for the year. He was supposed to be one of your scores. Ithio Horton has his suspension situation. You can't control that. Tamaris Burton got hurt before the year started. You can't control that. This is a young team. I mean, you kind of can't control it, but whatever. But, you know, they're a young team. You take those things. But this team looked like it gave up in the end. But that five-minute mark, I mean, you heard, I heard, you heard people booing. I won't say this person definitely was Femi Udakali's mother. But it sounded like she was the way she was cheering for Femi all night. And at the end of the game, she was just like, I heard her say, he needs to be fired. Jeff looked overwhelmed. He looked, he looked done. Almost disinterested at times. And that's where I had a problem with, that, with the effort. And there might become a day where Jeff and Heather might have to mutually agree that this experiment has failed and they moved on. And it's crazy because just a couple weeks ago I was telling you, man, give Jeff Capel time to build a culture, man. You got to give Pat Narduzzi time, you give Jeff Capel time. Well, it's different to lose on fluke plays and everything like that to a team like UMBC, but to be outclassed both by them and the Citadel, that to me is inexcusable. And if they had gone down swinging, if, if you know what, if Femi Odakali was driving to the basket on a bum ankle and hitting shots and getting fouled and falling over and bleeding out his mouth and all this stuff, if he was doing like all that kind of stuff, I could see it. I'd be like, you know what, Jeff's at least got these boys scrapping, but they, they don't even know what they're supposed to do at times. And that's the disheartening part. So Pitt fans, enjoy Pitt football right now because they're playing phenomenal. They're giving you inspiring play. They're kicking butt. They're going to the ACC championship game. They're playing a Wake Forest team that I think that they should beat. Yes, Wake Forest has a phenomenal offense, but, I mean, they gave up 50-plus points to Navy. Kenny Pickett should eat them alive. Enjoy that, Pitt fans. You'll deal with basketball when football's over. But you at least got two more. You definitely got two more football games left to shoot here for. And they're going to be big ones. So happy Victory Sunday, Pitt fans. Stay tuned to DKPittsburghSports.com because I will be publishing out where they get ranked on Sunday by the AP. Then we'll see Tuesday college football playoff rankings before the ACC championship game. And then, of course, next Saturday... Breaking it all down. Pitt, Lake Forest. Biggest game in recent program history. Definitely of the Narduzzi era. I'm trying to think back to what other game could be bigger than this. Maybe that Cincinnati game that they blew when they had the big lead back when they were in the Big East. Maybe that one. But right now, this is what matters. I'm Chris Carter of the H2B Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you're having a good weekend. Pitt fans, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Be back in your ears next week with more on your H2B Podcast right here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Follow me, Chris Carter, at, at Carter Critiques on Twitter and Instagram. Let me know what you think, both pit football, pit basketball, whatever you feel like. And remember, don't let the haters get to you. Walk with your, walk with your heads, heads held high. Walk tall. 
be proud. Say H2P to other pit fans you see in the street. As you go shopping on Sundays, whether it's you're at Giant Eagle, Sam's Club, or anywhere out there, if you're a, a, a pit fan abroad right now, wear your, your blue and gold proud. Because you got reason to be proud of pit football.